Welcome! I'm Roxanne Spring, your personal midwife after hours, celebrating and promoting wisdom and power in pregnancy, birth, and beyond. Anita and Sydney, thank you so much for agreeing to come on this show. It's exciting to me to have an opportunity for people that are choosing to live intergenerationally to get that message out to other people because you know there's a lot of there's a lot of different family configurations out here. And it's so wonderful to celebrate the the beauty of each of them and that's what the purpose is for our time today is just to capture some of that some of the uniqueness of doing making that choice and some of the celebrations and maybe even some of the things that are a little challenging but you know however it progresses is how it progresses and whatever you want to share is is something i'm delighted to hear now i've known anita as someone that inspired me from the very first time I met her. Uh, she was, well, this is true. She was, she had done this amazing thing called Bright Line Eating, and she had been modifying her life and taking weight off. And it was like, I wanted that. So I was like, oh, tell me about that. And she did. And I was like, there's no way. There's no way I could do that. And uh, that was my belief at the moment. And then it was not, but maybe a couple months after that, and we find ourselves at another meeting together. And it was like, okay, but I can't argue with the results that you have. So, you know, maybe there's just a possibility I could try. And so, you know, much weight later off and off for good is uh, the first way that Anita has impacted my life. And then she is one of my core group of women. We meet once, or tw we meet a couple times a week online. And to say she's a dear friend would be an understatement. To say that she's a confidant and is just, I mean, I, I wouldn't even be able to give words to everything that, that Anita is to me. And Sydney, I have heard about you since the very beginning. Well, and how all good things, I hope. All good things. All good things and all wonderful aspects of how it's so important in Anita's life to support you in yours and it's been a beautiful journey to just hear of it from that way and i'm so happy for us to do this today so you are the mere age sydney of what 18 is that do i have that right yeah in like three days not even 18 we're capturing you before you're 18. oh i love it I love it. Well, welcome both of you and thank you again for being here. And as is typical, because this show is Midwife After Hours, I would love it if you would each just take a moment and tell us 
How? When was the first time you heard even the word or knew anyone that was a midwife? And Anita, let's start with you. <laughs> oh, this is going to be more interesting than mine. I can already tell. But... <laughs> no, I doubt that. Well, jeez. Uh, so I never had um, children of my own. So I'm sure that I peripherally heard about um, midwifery, but I never spoke to a midwife or looked into it or researched it in any capacity until I was supporting Sydney's mom in her pregnancy. Mm. And she really wanted to uh, explore it. And we did. And she uh, consulted with a midwife during her pregnancy. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> you okay? I tried to cut, I tried to get off microphone, please. And she go back up and she supported okay. boy. Go ahead. <laughs> and so Sydney's mom um connected with a midwife and consulted with one um during her pregnancy and really had planned to have uh a natural birth and uh ass assisted by a midwife. But in the end, the last month, she developed, gosh, I don't even know the name of it now, but some condition that for some reason she changed her mind and then actually went to the hospital. And so when I and the midwife did not accompany her to the hospital. Um, so the only thing and the only birth I've been around is Sydney's. I was there when Sydney popped out. So. so bonded from birth is an easy statement to, to, to see. That's <laughs> yes. wonderful. So Sydney, when did you first hear about midwife? Well, um, most of, I mean, I have context tie on my strengths. So if I'm ever curious about anything or, well, usually she's my resource for everything that I don't already know. I'm like, do you know anything about this? And sometimes she says yes, and sometimes she says no. And then, of course, secondary source would be Google. But um, <laughs> but I guess for she used to watch the show Call the Midwife all the time when I was little, <laughs> like all the time. And I didn't know what a midwife was. So, of course, I little me would walk into the room and be like, what are you watching? And she'd say, Call the Midwife. And I'd ask her the a thousand questions that come after that. What's a midwife? What do they do? Da, 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 da. And she'd have to sit there, be very patient and answer all of my questions. So that's my first, I guess, introduction to what a midwife was just from her watching that show. And then I've learned about my mom's experience with a midwife and I've had some friends that have stories about midwives. So kind of just went on from there, I guess. Well, Rest that's a, that. yes. Oh, no, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I just have to say, I'm my mouth is hanging wide open. I had no idea that me watching Call the Midwife made such an impression on her. Isn't, that's a that's a big aha right there. Everything I do, every you know, I'm impacting her in some way. I'm like, ah, that's scary. No, oh, I don't think that's scary at all. I think I think I owe you uh, some gratitude for that. That show is profound. It really is profound because 
it does address so much of life and so many so many on all on all spectrums and it really displays midwifery it captures the heart of it it was my one of my favorite shows too so i i'm delighted that yeah, you're, you don't have to worry about how you've influenced her, um, Anita, because <laughs> the things that bring you light and love will also do the same for her. So that's what I see happening all the time. You brought up already, Lindsay, and I love this, that you already are so knowledgeable about your strengths. Tell us about that. We have it right. We have both of our strengths right in front of us. That's what she was saying as soon as the meeting started. She said, now here's our strengths. And I was like, okay. So, um, yeah, she got into strengths and did her test and was studying them and looking through what they meant specifically for her and was trying to apply that to, you know, her life. And then she got me and my grandfather to take the test. So then we did the same. And then we all kind of sat down at the round table, if you will, <laughs> and um, all talked about our strengths and related them to each other and talked about how great it was to feel validated, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. And so, Anita, let's find out a little backstory about what we're talking about here. About Gallup Strengths? Yes. Yeah. Yes. For so, those um, so the pandemic has been many things to many people, but for me, there's been a silver lining in the pandemic, and that has been my ability to take time and do a deep dive into Gallup Strengths. And they were presented to me from a gentleman, Eddie Villa, and I joined a community of folks who were just as enthusiastic as I am. And I think that the beauty of strengths is that, as Sydney just said, that the validation for trying to understand who we are. Um, so just a little bit more about Gallup strengths themselves. They, um, so people, I mean, people of my generation probably heard of the word Gallup from hearing about uh, the Gallup poll, like it was a, the Gallup poll says 50% of Americans prefer meat over vegetarian, you know, some, something, they were a polling uh, company, and they were international, they are international, and what, uh, they uh, partnered up with, uh, well, so first let me back up just a, a tiny little bit in that they used the leverage of that international reach to work with large corporations in their human relations department, right, to support mm -hmm. human relations in all um, aspects of, you know, they would, they would do uh, focus groups and things like that, that you know, that was a natural place to go with uh, the polling that kind of fit together the polling. So they partnered up with uh, Don Clifton, who was one of the prime movers of the positive uh, psychology movement. And positive psychology um, was sort of 
um, the boomerang of the Freudian psychology that was all about our deep, dark secrets and what's wrong with us, focused on what's wrong. Mm -hmm. And Don Clifton and his comrade said, what if we focused on what's right with people? Mm. And so uh, in that effort, they, they leveraged the power of Gallup to pull people all over the world, millions and millions of people all over the world. And they discovered that there were 34 common strengths in this in these millions of people and so that is what they gave name to it they defined it they and they created a, an assessment that you can take to help you find out re, what those strengths are is where do you have energy what is your energy signature what is your zone of genius and like i i kind of nicknamed it you have 34 strengths in those top 10 to 12 13 kind of depending on you know it's a personal thing and so where is your zone of genius where are you a hero and then your bottom strengths where are you a zero in the energy <laughs> like you have zero energy like example for me discipline is my number 34 strength I should never, ever worry about being disciplined because I have all these other wonderful strengths that take the place of that. And so what's beautiful about strengths is that we are able to now focus on what's right with us, not what's wrong with us, mm. right? And that's what I really, in my heart of hearts, what I really want to give to Sydney, that's the gift I want to give to her, is to know that when I look at her report card, I'm looking at what's really great with her and the more that she can focus on what is great with her. She's an artist, mm -hmm. you know, she's this wonderful thing. And she, you know, it made so much sense to me when I saw her number one strength was context mm -hmm. because it, this is how, how amazing it was to look back on my history with her context. The definition of context is that people use uh, experiences of the past and history to bring meaning to today. Mm -hmm. So, so I was able to use that and look back at like when she was a little bitty girl, we would take her to something called the Pioneer Museum. <laughs> and she was, she loved it. She loved just seeing all the old fashioned manual labor type things, how to churn butter, how to curl your hair with a curler that you put in the fire and how to, how to cook and, you know, all these things. She loved it. And when we would leave there, she would cry. And she said, I was born in the wrong century. So it's like, <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> so her one text is there since she's a tiny baby. Right. And we, and it's unique. It's the other thing to let you know that Gallup strengths is really like fingerprint or DNA. It's, it, it's mathematically impossible that anyone else would have your 34 strengths in the exact order that you have them in. So you asked me for a drink of water and I dug you a well, but that's my enthusiasm. <laughs> I, Gallup. I am so, I had not even heard everything that you just said. So for awesome. me, it was like, oh, this is wonderful. Now that is another way that uh, you Anita appear as a as a strong leader in my life is in the area of strengths, and this to do it for anybody that has not done it, you can do it by simply going on the Gallup 
and you can take the assessment there. You can buy a book called Strength Finder 2.0, and in there they give you a code to take the online test. And I highly recommend it. It, it has just really transformed how I relate to understanding myself, if you would. You know, uh, the things that to try to do something the way someone else does them when it's in my zero in those bottom 10 is is not only pointless, but then I always I find myself showing up very phony and in inauthentic. So there's so much to learn from it on on the power of your magic juju and to acknowledge we all have magic juju. And, and you don't have to have this a specific strength that says positivity to be positive. You don't have to have a specific strength that says achiever to achieve, you know. But it does give you the understanding of how you can show up powerfully. So I'm really delighted that that's part of our conversation today. I really am, and I'm sure that we will be talking about it more. I do, for the sake of the uh, those listeners, want to want to capture the fact that you've known, you've already said you've been with Sydney since birth. So tell <laughs> me about the times when you actually have lived together. Tell me about that. So let's see. Um, for her first eighteen months of life, she didn't live with us but her mother worked with us and so her mother came to brought her to the office every morning every day she was there but when she got to be about oh so about when she started walking she started walking into people's offices and taking things off their <laughs> desk <laughs> so and everyone totally loved her but we realized it was time for her to have a different environment so um, but anyway, so then she and her mom, uh, her folks divorced when she was about 18 months. And then her she and her mom came to live on our property. And so then she was with us till she was uh, about 12. And then, um, and she attended a little private school here. And um we nurtured her the best we could. <laughs> Not always, uh, you know, we, we never had children before, so we didn't know what to do. And um, so we did our best. And then from 12 till just now, she's uh, been uh, all over the place. <laughs> all over the place. <laughs> Maybe I'll let her explain from there. Yeah, she's that sounds more good. On that than me. So at 12, my, um, surroundings as well as environment and crowd of people changed um, mm -hmm. drastically. I went from living with, I don't want to say old people, but <laughs> old people, elderly geniuses, how about that, how about that, um, to my mother and her new husband and his children. And I had never had siblings before. I had never really had that you know, extra male figure in my life. It was always my grandfather and my dad. So that was interesting getting to know all these new people and learning how I don't feel like people that usually have siblings have to learn how 
to have a sibling, but I did have that mental lesson of learning how to have a sibling and learning how to cope with sharing space and ideas and who wear the picture and the other person's not wearing it, stuff like that. Um, so that was interesting. And they were girls too that were around my age. So, you know, lots wow. of women in the house. And then soon after I moved in, then my baby brother was born. And then that created a whole new doors collection that were to be open. So that was an interesting time. And I lived there for about four years. And then I decided to make the decision for my senior year that I wanted a little bit more of a laid back experience. I wanted to be in an environment that allowed me to be an individual and kind of grow on my own and learn about myself, which ironically strengths came at the perfect time because I took the test around the same time that I was making that decision. Mm -hmm. And so I, after giving it some thought, I figured coming back to my home landing space or my home base, I suppose, would be the healthiest, um, probably safest choice in my heart and in my mind to kind of oh. falter back to. Oh, so. that's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> and it's been great so far. It is wonderful that this has been a relationship throughout your life. And I, just for the listeners to know, this is not a biological relationship. It's not, there's not the, the shared choice. DNA. There's the shared love. Uh, it's great to get to choose your family. And I definitely think that how she just said I chose her. And I always like all my life and every single grade, especially when I moved out my and moved in with my grandma. Yes. Everyone would always ask me, especially when I moved, was living with my mom and my step family. And I would go to visit them on the weekends. Hey. All my friends would be like, oh, that sucks. You have to hey. go to your grandparents. And I was never, I never no. had any hey. shame about saying how much I loved visiting. I mean, it was like, you know, coming home from a semester of college or something, you know. Well, I mean, I guess that depends on how much you like visiting your family if you're right. on your own. But I enjoyed it a lot. And I never held back from telling people how much I enjoyed it and how close I was to my grandparents. And I always, not really joke, because it is a fact, but she is definitely my best friend in the world. And I'm not ashamed to say that at all. I think she's a pretty cool friend to have with a lot of stories <laughs> and opinions. So. Well, I am not the least bit surprised that Anita could be your best friend. But I love that. I really love that. I know that there's so many grandparents out there that that would be the desire of their heart to be the best friends with their teenagers, especially, you know, to have a teenager that wants We're difficult. To, yeah. We are difficult sometimes. <laughs> no, I don't mean it from that standpoint. I mean that, you know, from the standpoint of generally that's a time of life where Peers are far more important than than others. But again, when you have your best friend as someone that is, what did you say, older than you? <laughs> <laughs> There's so much for both of you. There's so much to be gained. And that is certainly evident in, uh, in both of you and in how you flow together. It's so beautiful. Is there one thing that you would say would, uh, because you've captured it, so many other of your 
of your peers are like, what? You you want to do this? You know, like, is there is there any, have you found anyone else out there that has a that kind of a connection with someone? Well, I mean, it's different for everybody. Some people don't, I mean, seeing your grandparent every day is kind of an abnormal thing for a lot of kids. I feel like most of their grandparents live out of state or maybe even out of country, or if they're if they live a little bit closer, maybe they only get to see them on the weekends, you know, yeah. it's not that. So that definitely goes into how close a relationship can be. If you don't, if you're not spending night and day with someone, you know, yeah. how, how do you expect to get like interlocked with that person? Um, but I think that for the people that I've gone to school with and that I've kind of become companions with that have had the similar thing where they either live with their grandparents or their grandparents or their next door neighbors or what have you. Um, I think that there's either, it's no really gray area. It's either they don't really get along with their grandparents, so they don't really visit them that often or they're their best friends. And yeah. I've met a few of kids that live with their grandparents as well. And they're like, I don't want to be anywhere else. It's like, the most laid back comfortable I ever feels when I'm at home. And I'm like, I totally get that yeah. same. So, um, yeah, I think it just differs depending on, um, location and, you know, context with relationships and, you know, things like that. And culture, culture yeah. too. Cause there's definitely yeah. other cultures where the, you know, it's more common to have yes. the generations around you. Which yes, is, you I'd know, say so too. Just very that. rich. Yeah. Very rich. So in terms of how much do you share about your strengths? Because that's an interesting thing. You know, we just talked about everyone is completely individual. But do you do you have a lot of coming together with some of them? Tell me about that. You can say something about that. <laughs> okay, I'll say something about that. Um so we we have a really I think we have a unique um, relationship as far as uh, communication goes. Yeah. Um, in that, you know, for example, we're dealing with school right now, and it's awesome for me to be able to say to because Sydney has a very different approach. Like for example, we did an exercise not long ago that we did on Clubhouse, and we said you get the best of me when and her first answer was when you use kind words right mm -hmm. and she has um harmony higher mm -hmm. than i do so i'm willing to rock the boat a lot more than she is so what's <laughs> interesting is so we're going to school together to try to get her a good schedule and so i do all this preparation and everything and she gets there and she's very kind to the people right very kind and i am a little more pointed in my <laughs> comments and um i think that in so so yesterday we got we got the schedule and we were not we were surprised is a good way to say that we were shocked and dismayed is another way to oh. say it and so <laughs> a little so more accurate like, maybe Right. And so for me, like the warrior woman comes up and for her, she's like, ooh, ooh, stop her. Stop that warrior. Don't let her get to my Don't. school. 
<laughs> we had to get the fire engine out and cool her down, yeah. right? And so it was great. And I, you know, it's great that she knows enough about me to know that I, on purpose, will not light the school on fire, but that <laughs> I will, I will, I will go there. I will go to the ends of the earth for her. Mm-hmm. And so she, we, we can talk about it and we can get to that place where it's, I, I, she composed an email to her counselor. I composed another one and I, I, uh, honored her wishes of how to present, but still use my voice to do it. Uh And you were, you were happy with the way I wrote my email, right? Yeah. Yeah, I was. Yeah, it turned out okay. But, you know, we have to go through this thing at first where she's like, ah, ah, ah. You know, I could tell she's yeah. like barely catching her breath. You're not going to say that, are you? <laughs> I'm like, well, if that's what it takes to get their attention, yeah. I will. <laughs> but, you know, for now, I could just go and, you know, I'm so grateful. I will have to report that all my worrying and stewing, I think, I think our emails alone reached this the gentleman who's her her uh, counselor and he called me this morning and was very uh conciliatory and uh helpful he was genuine he was genuinely trying to help and That's so i you know and then he said that he appreciated that she had an advocate and so i was like okay That's this awesome. is good see yeah, so is... biting their head off at the start probably wouldn't be i know <laughs> i would have had to spit it out i would have had to eat crow so thank you for tempering me so i try i try <laughs> i think there's a lot of examples that come up in our relationship that are like that i think one specific that i know isn't just me because i've heard so many of my friends from school that are my age like kind of talk about this and I'm like, okay, it's our, it must be something, some weird tweak with our generation. Something was in our cereal. I don't know, (laughs) but um, I don't know. But like, let's say we go to get a coffee at a coffee stand and they don't get my coffee right. I'll drink it. I don't care if it's black coffee. I hate black coffee, but if it's just regular black coffee or if they get something wrong, I refuse to take it back. I'm like, it's okay. They made a mistake. I don't want to go back and be that person that goes back. She has no qualms. Absolutely zero. They could, you know, she'll go back and be like, you know, get it back and get a refund, get whatever. And like my generation, we're so squeamish around those things about sending food back, about sending things like that. And it's like our inability to, I don't know. I don't know if confrontation is the thing that makes us, you know, if confrontation stresses us out, that's definitely a factor for me, but it's just the strangest thing. So you have harmony at number 12, Mm -hmm. right? And you have woo at number eight. So in woo, you want to win people over. So you don't want to do anything. You have really, uh, you have um, your dominant domain is relationship building. So your um, effort is to not challenge the relationship. Right. That's your natural dynamic, natural action. That's who you, who you preciousness, who you are, you know, that's who you are. I just think it's so strange that my whole generation seems to have that issue. It's like a, it's like a little bump in the. Well, that's an interesting take. It's I hadn't, really I hadn't it considered weird, it as a generation. It would be interesting to study that and, you know, take a survey or something like that, or someone take an assessment or something and figure out the core thing of what that is. But 
It would be interesting to see the generational shifts. But okay, so Anita, we got to hear how she is, how she is. What creates you to be the she-bear here? The one that's willing to shake it all up and say, hey, you need to get this right. What's, what is it in your strengths that caused that? Uh, my number five is futuristic. And so I have a vision of the future that I like to enroll people in. And my vision is that I have a kind and loving human being next to me here who is educated and empowered. And I want to enroll I enrolled the counselor in that vision today. It's like, so that is my, and, and trust me, I will go to any links to make sure that that happens. Okay. But and, we're talking about getting the coffee right here. Let's, let's get it back oh, down to oh, that. Get the, the coffee, coffee right. <laughs> um, well, I'm, let me, I would have to, let me just, I'll tell you some stories and then you figure out how we can make that into strengths. Cause as a strengths coach, I want to coach you into realizing what it is because I know that you know about strengths. So um, I grew up in uh, with my father as an entrepreneur in the grocery store business, and we were all about customer service. The customer is always right. And at having it be our business, that was even more important. So we were really invested in every customer that came in the store getting super service and then creating relationship with them. So they'd want to come back, even if they were grouchy or whatever they were giving them the best experience they could have. So I think that's a big portion of it. That's from my history. And so I expect that from other people. And I find that's one thing that I can feel like, you know, a lot of the, a lot of people who are just working for someone else don't have ownership yeah. of the results. I would definitely and agree. I've experienced that like in the mall, you know, mm -hmm. where they, the big box or stores where nobody takes ownership. I, I, I find myself dissatisfied and, and wanting more. And I demand more when it's appropriate. Sometimes when it's inappropriate, I'll have to admit that. <laughs> Very funny. She's making signals with her fingers. <laughs> so, anyway, so um, I do have adaptability high. So, but I have activator. It's I was like, going to say activator. Yeah, I was working over at your. Yeah. yeah, and it's like, okay, let's get this done and let's get it done now. Let's get it done right. Um, I don't have, um, you know, executing strengths in that way. Um, but I do have Achiever at 13. It's way down there. Uh -huh. So it's not really about that. It's about ownership. It's about pride. I have belief at number six. There you go. Yeah. Belief. <clears throat> Having the, those beliefs are very important that you, uh, that you express those and that you find those te teaching moments. Well, I love how you both are illustrating how you can get each other and how you understand and even more important like Sydney when you're talking about the fact that you could you could just kind of say I see you ramping up here and I don't know how you actually said it but come on come on you know I can't that that is going to embarrass me 
uh, make me more uncomfortable, please don't do that. I, I have to say, I have a great appreciation for the ability for you two to even know each other better through having that knowledge of each other's strengths. And when you spoke, Anita, about communicating, it's so obvious. I mean, it's so obvious that these tools have riveted you two together to be a, a real dynamic force, I have to say. Thank you. That's awesome. Yes, we. <laughs> that is awesome. Well, there's a, there's a 50-year difference. Only 50, age. huh? Only 50. Only 50. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's a spring chicken grandma. <laughs> and this is the this may be our only year where we are both seniors. I was going to say that earlier, yeah. This is both our senior <laughs> senior year. We're sharing so. a senior year. Yeah. Okay, so tell us why that is. Well, she's well, a senior. senior in high school and she's a senior citizen. Oh. <laughs> well, it's so more, Roxanne, yes, I know that um, we're, we've kind of steered away a little bit from the midwifery, but um, I was really, because I know so little about it, it all I know is what I learned from Call the Midwife. Uh -huh. I wanted Sydney to have you as a resource, someone she could ask about, because, you know, there's a chance, a really good chance that she'll have children of her own and see if she has any question. I mean, if she asked me a question about childbirth, I wouldn't know the Well, so I would be, <clears throat> I would be more than happy to answer any questions she might have. So let's start there. Do you have questions for me? Well, I mean, the only thing, if I'm ever thinking about childbirth, which I really, I mean, Yes. Ahead of my time. Right. Um, if I it's if if I'm ever thinking about certain circumstances or anything, the most thing things that um come to my mind that kind of relate to each other under childbirth would probably be like the actual process of giving birth, like the pain. Right. Um, I know that it's different for everybody. Some people have different tolerance tolerances for pain and things like that, but I guess I just I mean, like with at-home births where you would need a midwife and you I'm assuming you wouldn't really have any painkillers. Would they have any painkillers if you're having an at-home birth? I okay, guess well, I thank you so much for bringing up the whole elephant in the room when you're going to talk about childbirth. The elephant in the room is it's not something that's easy. You know, they call it labor. And you know why yeah. they call it labor? Because it's freaking hard work. It is hard work. And it is actually associated with so much uh, intensity, intensity in, in what you feel as well. Now, for me, that's how I viewed it each and every birth that I had. It was hard work. For me, it wasn't a fear thing of pain. It was hard work. And you know, many people do hard work, like many athletes do all sorts of incredible things in their process of training and doing whatever it is that they love to do. And many athletes find this, you, you go, why the heck would they do that? But there's this also exhilaration. There's this amazing capacity to have endorphins 
that you only get to by having that effort to get them. Now, we do, as a society, we search for a lot of ways to feel good without having to earn the feeling good. I don't know if that's a correct way to say it. But if you want to numb the 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 work of yourself you also numb the pleasure or the ecstasy or the or the what do i want to call the endorphins that are there the level of oxytocin have you heard of oxytocin yes yes so the level of oxytocin is the highest in your life right after you have your baby wow yeah it's the highest in your life. So that's the bonding hormone, right? That is the bonding hormone. Oxytocin is what makes the difference when people are going through hard times like we are right now with COVID. The ability to be bonded with each other in a community is what gives us the ability to navigate these freaking hard changes that we're going through. So here's a little bit of an interesting question on terms of, how do you say that? Oxytocin? Oxy- oxytocin. Oxytocin. Uh-huh. Yeah, I almost said oxycodone. That's no. Not yeah, correct. that's completely awesome. <laughs> so I wanted to stop myself before I made that mistake. Um, so, let, like, I've heard of instances with childbirth, um, like postpartum and things like that. Would that be sort of a result of something in your body happening where you didn't get that chemical or at least a lot what happened? happens to cause that. What's the misfire? Yeah. Yeah. So in terms of having people that struggle with postpartum depression and things like that, that is, uh, that is real. Uh, There are, there are all sorts of influences. And so there's, uh, there's a lot of, a lot of things that play into what people experience. They really do. And it's not something that I could just give one simple thing. I do know, though, I do know there is a difference of having had the experience of 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 being in in power in your body. Can I say it that way? Yeah. And and not being not being a victim of it. Now it's interesting because some women have the same goal. This is true in so many things in life. They have the same goal. And the goal is to not be out of control. So some women choose, I'm going to have a natural childbirth. And some women choose, I'm going to have a scheduled C-section. They're both the same goal is that they don't want to have this out of their control. The one that chooses this, the cesarean section has eliminated a lot of things that are crucial to the health and well-being of both the baby and the mother. They have found that, that for example, when that baby has not been born vaginally, and not all babies can, and I'm not saying that that birth is not sacred or beautiful. I'm not saying that. But for a baby that has not had an opportunity to have experienced labor, that actually prepares this baby to live, breathe, everything changes from the in, in, in uterine life to being a 
a person on the outside that breathes, everything changes. Physiology changes. So the process of labor is actually providing a lot of the preparation for that transition. So babies that have not had labor have a harder time transitioning. And if they have not gone through the vaginal canal, then they have not been inoculated, so to speak. Arm them with flora. Because in this world, we often think, oh, aseptic is good. Or when you don't, when you have something antibacteria and it gets rid of all the bacteria, that's good. No, that's not good. There's all sorts of organisms that are healthy and needed for us. There's reasons for processes, but there's built into those also, I, I guess I would say, incentives, you know? So I can see athletes, and just with the Olympics recently, you could see people pour their lives into things. And I have a, a granddaughter that's very athletic, and I've watched her train hard for years of her life, years. What they get, though, and what I get from having gone through labor <laughs> cannot be compared. I have a human being in my life that I'm connected to that we work together to come together and that there's a there's this common there's this connection and the connection for me that's the of course relators number one for me so you can know you how go. much it is maximizer number two so i'm <laughs> telling you take this experience from being good to being all it can be and that but i'm interested in people having their power and not giving it away Sydney, what is the hardest, whether it was physical, emotional, what what was the hardest thing you ever went through in your life? Thing I ever went. Jeez, that's hard. Yeah. That, this is the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. How about that? <laughs> um, well, it depends. I mean, there's certain things um, with like relationships that mm -hmm. have been very difficult. Mm -hmm. There's things like making the final decision. Like I have how we were talking about earlier, empathy high, mm -hmm. um, positivity high, woo high, um, you know, all these sort of people pleaser type of um strengths i guess i was going to try to come up with another word for it but yeah strengths um and so making the decision to move back although i knew it was best for my mental health best for my happiness best for my individuality best for my independence all these wonderful things that i knew would come out of this decision i almost didn't take it or advocate for the fact that I wanted to do it because I knew that it would disappoint or hurt or, you know, lead other people around me to feel a certain negative light towards my decision. Yes. And mm -hmm. I have always felt uncomfortable and at, you know, dismay thinking about other people's perception of my decisions, whether it's for the best or, you know, whatever. Um, especially when it has to do with family. Sometimes it's with people I don't even know. And, but when it's with family, it's all the more stressful because you're constantly thinking about how your decision is going to affect them, 
when you should be thinking about how your decision is going to affect you and that should be the turning point for what makes you decide whether or not you want to make that decision it shouldn't be other people's you know perceptions of you that was really difficult making that decision to come move back not because i didn't want to or because i was unsure but because i didn't want to disappoint or anger the people around me that i had tried so hard to earn their respect and earn their um i guess validation right. and um I just wanted that from all the people in my life and the kind of hurtful truth, but the, you know, valuable lesson for everyone to learn is that's an impossible thing to ask for. You cannot ask for validation and respect from everyone that's close to you in your life. There's always going to be someone, I mean, there's always going to be someone that doesn't agree with the way that you do things or say things or you know, take action or come forth with ideas. There's always going to be disagreement. Awesome illustration of face the hardest work of your life so far and ultimately knowing you have to stand up for what is right for you. You didn't go, oh, it's too hard. I can't think about it. I'm just going to numb out. Or it's just, I, I can't think about that because it's going to it's gonna cause this or it's going to cause that. You stood up and you did what you had to do. Honoring of yourself and your inner compass with our own inner compass, not ourselves, not anyone else. And you've done it, you faced it, and it was really significant because this is a point in your development and everything else where you are now even more embarking on your journey that you're creating for yourself. I applaud you and I thank you very much for being articulate enough to bring that forth. Thank you. I have a, I have a question about that um, and kind of a, a question combined with an observation is that, so once you made the decision, Sid, do you feel like sort of heaven and earth opened the waters parted or that something happened to make it easier like once the decision was made it was like the carpet rolled out for you i'm going to stop you right there okay. yes 100 <laughs> yes yeah i was just thinking i love that you brought that up because i was gonna um interrupt and say this because i was gonna say that it makes it easier last night i got a message from somebody that was um requesting me to do a favor for them and I've always been the person that cancels plans to help. You know, I always put family first, even if it's like a plan that's gone months and months and months behind. I'll always say, well, someone needs me for this, so I have to do this. And the truth is, especially I think that's part of maturing is realize that you don't have to be sort of Cinderella coming behind everyone and sweeping the dust off their <laughs> shoes and stuff like that. You don't, it's not your job. And I want to spend time with my grandparents. And most importantly, even if I didn't have any of that going on, I didn't really want to do what they were asking yeah. me to do. Yeah. And it was just stressing me out and I couldn't go to sleep. And I was, you know what? I'm busy. And you can get in touch with me another time if it has to be me that helps you or yeah. you can get someone else to help you. You know, it doesn't have to be rude, but you have to set boundaries. Set a whole force field around yourself that you and everyone else that you care about and every stranger is aware of as soon as they 
you know, come across you, they know not to step over that boundary. <laughs> and behind being able to say no and to mm -hmm. be able to advocate for yourself and make your own decisions is so important because do it for yourself. Don't do it for an object or a person or, you know, don't do it for a certain objective other than your own happiness and, you know, following your drive. Bonnie Ware wrote that book. Uh, she was a hospice nurse and she wrote the book about the five regrets of the dying. Yeah. And that was the number one regret was having lived their life for someone else. Yep. That's what it was. And that's a big, you don't want to do that, you know, trigger this sort of way of thinking that I finally graduated into, but people just get in the mindset where they think that, you know, they are an exception to that rule that, well, yeah, other people can say no or other people can, you know, make decisions for themselves, but I can't because of X, Y, and Z. I just, I worry about people that have that same mindset because I know that a lot of kids my age kind of go through that same thing where they've been guilt tripped into feeling that way or they're guilt tripping themselves into feeling that way, like they're not worthy of that rule. It couldn't be further from the truth. It applies to everybody. Everyone has the right to do things for them and to say no to other people's wishes. Yeah. It's a superpower that everyone has. Mm -hmm. You just choose whether or not to use it. You are very wise, my dear. I have enjoyed our time so much. Before we close, I always want to give each of you an opportunity. I, I guess the thing that everything comes full circle for me back to and strengths it's true about strengths it's about supporting anyone else it's about what's right with you looking at and this you know sydney talked about validation external validation really the validation is an internal job any kind of any like that's what strengths has been for me like i understand that no matter because i have been there and what I know is that none of it matters, not a thing matters. And you can build a financial towering business and it all crumbles down if it's not on a foundation of love for yourself. For the first time in my 69 years, I have that glimpse of self-love from understanding my strengths and understanding what I do have to offer and what and what I have to offer her, you know, that, and, and what forbearance I can offer her, what understanding I can offer her by understanding her strengths, her uniqueness, and then advocating for that and supporting her in that. I just feel so blessed to have that. And more than anything, that internal self-validation and that glimpse of self-love, to me, that's the foundation that will make all the difference. Yeah, and any that gift, if you can mirror that to anyone, that's the greatest gift that you can give to them. Sydney? Um, well, like, I guess something that kind of relates to this whole topic that we've been talking about is something that's kind of recently been a thing in my life that's been a back and forth. Oh, almost seven months ago, maybe a little bit over seven, I'm not sure. I'm being a bad girlfriend for not knowing. But I've been in a relationship with somebody and all my past relationships have been 
in the time when I wasn't validating my own feelings and I wasn't, you know, I was living my life through other people. And so I didn't know that I was, but subconsciously I was picking people that weren't the best choice because I wanted a project to distract myself and I wanted to be a special person in someone's life that was looked up to. I wanted to be someone that was helping them. I wanted to be responsible for that. And some people don't want your damn help. And some people, <laughs> you know, some story. People, maybe some people want it, but sometimes they don't appreciate it. Sometimes what you're really looking for for in somebody is to get that same energy back. You're helping this person, you want the same help back, and then you get angry at them for not giving it back to you when they don't know that you have this deal worked out in your head in the first place. They're like, why are you upset with me? I don't understand. So that type of thing was something that I was doing, sort of torturing myself doing for years. And now I'm finally with this person, this great person, that's totally you know does his own thing and has this beautiful wonderful family and their dynamic is great and like the first couple months were this where we were sort of getting to know each other dating and i was coming over to his house and meeting his family and conversing with them and being in their household was the most bizarre thing because i was like waiting for the problems to arise almost i was like wait i was like hiding waiting for the hurricane to run over me you know i had my shield and my sword and i was like standing up guard and was like where is it i'm ready to fight it off you know and um letting my guard down and realizing that i didn't need to have that energy coming forth with him and his family and it's i mean it's a great thing because I feel safe, I feel loved, I feel appreciated, I feel welcome. Um, and it's just, it was the most bizarre thing, um, sort of letting my guard down and not having a project and just being able to spend the time that you usually would having all these long conversations about basically trying to fix the other person or them trying to fix you just learning about each other instead mm. who knew that that's what a relationship was for was learning about <laughs> the other person i wouldn't couldn't have been me i wouldn't have known but it's just been a really great mature growing experience and learning experience for both of us yeah and i think that um i'm really grateful for it yeah i'm really grateful for it and i'm really happy that i got out of the the stir of the black cauldron that I was in. That was just awful. Oh, that is awesome. That is absolutely awesome. Well, I want to point out Anita is a strengths coach and she can work with your family, with your dynamic, with whatever combinations that you're looking to enhance. And so I want to make sure that you have a way to get a hold of her. So, Anita, how are they going to contact you? Probably the best way is just by email, and that would be my Anita, Anita.Marriott at Gmail. It's A-N-I-T-A dot M-A-R-R-I-O-T-T at Gmail. I am just so delighted with having this opportunity today to spend this time together. Thank you both, Thank and you. you take care. Mm -hmm.